Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you doing today, sir? Sir Alan of the Roundtable. I am doing excellent, as always. It's been a minute since we've been around the Roundtable. Yeah. Like a whole day. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been uh, 24 hours. You miss 24 hours, you miss a lot. You miss a lot. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. Well, hey, everybody, we're here to talk about this week's episode, Season 6, Episode 16. Yup. That's right. Yep. 16, Mark. Yup, yup, yup. New slogan. New slogan. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, I had high hopes for this episode. So we'll um, let's see how that goes. Your your brow sweat tells me that something may be <laughs> amiss, but okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Dot. 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 Sure. Yeah, dot, dot. Dot. Sure. We will. This episode first aired on March thirteenth, twenty fourteen. So a week later after uh, episode fifteen last week. Yep. And uh, we have the director, uh, the golden uh, megaphone, as I recall. Yeah, that's right. Dean that's Holland right. this week, the one and only. Uh, he is now up to his 23rd of 27. Ultimately. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. So he's getting near the end of his run too. That's uh, awesome. And this w- the golden pen goes to Sam Means. I believe this is his first of two, both season six episodes. And uh, Sam's, uh, you know, been uh, a, a writer on The Daily Show, SNL, Parks, of course, 30 Rock, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So some of the names we recognize and, and like. So... We'll see how the dynamic duo of Dean and uh, Sam do today. Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean. It's going to happen. It's, a, it's like the Rat Pack. It's two-thirds of the Rat Pack, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis? Yeah, there's missing Jerry. No, it's Frank. They're missing Frank. Oh. Yeah. Jerry Lewis wasn't part of the Rat Pack. Well, maybe. He's like he's like the B team for the Rat Pack if someone needed a day <laughs> like off. When, like when you need to go to the bench? <laughs> he, they had a bench. Right. Not a very deep bench, as it turns out. Yeah. That's sports terminology there, Mark. The I bench. do sports. That's the round ball. Sure well, I do. The big round ball. They're all... Ri- oh, I didn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Me, me. I'm going to check my sources and see if you're right. <laughs> I don't know if this is the biggest of the round balls, but it's pretty close. Don't. Just go. Oh, okay. So move on. <laughs> just, is that what just, you're saying? Let's, let's just move on. <laughs> let's move on. I do sports. Well, hey, Mark. Uh, yeah. In addition to your sports, why don't you do the synopsises for us? Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Synopsises. Here we go. Uh, incoming. Uh, let's see. What do I got here? I, I split this sucker up into one, two, three, three stories. Um, I guess. I get a point to make about I, this. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the correct answer was three and a half. And since that's not an option. Well, you get you get your parking space taken, taken away if you do three and a half, right? Well, that's why I'm not officially doing three and a mm, half. Mm, mm. I w- the judges would have accepted three or four. <laughs> <laughs> the only wrong answer was greater than four and less than three. Huh. I'm fascinated. Okay. So, so let's see what you did. All right. Let's see what I did. Yeah. All right. My eighth story I have as entitled, um, this is an homage to a 1967 song by mm. Sam and Dave. It's a slogan. Pretty good. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I see what you did there. It took a lot out of me. All right. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Uh, don't get stuck. Ben unveils the new city website for Pawnee, featuring an online poll for the new town slogan. Just after this happens, Leslie meets with Grant Larson, director of the Midwest branch of the National Park Services, to further discuss the details of the job offer that he made actually in the last episode. Grant tells Leslie that her new role will include overseeing 200 plus people and will mainly be focused on creative big picture stuff. As a result, will no longer involve the everyday minutiae, which 
she currently does and actually loves very much. A bit later, Ben is ready to go live with a slogan poll and she and comments that the website is going to do all the work for them. Uh, perhaps drawing a parallel, if you will, between what Grant told her and uh, what the website's doing. Yeah. Uh, Leslie reacts to this by insisting, no, we still need to manually do stuff. Uh, that's what we need to do there, Ben, uh, such as a door-to-door promotion, handing out flyers, canvassing, and even holding a press junket. Um, I didn't know what that was. I thought that was like a Sanford and Son thing. A junket? Yeah. It's right out in the front yard of a junkyard. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a bit later, the aforementioned press junket starts with Leslie meeting with notable town icons, such as, Pert Happily, Joan Calamezzo, and Crazy Ira and the Douche, to try and get them to promote Classic. the slogan poll. Classic. Unfortunately, Crazy Ira and the Douche get their listeners to bombard the poll with votes for Pawnee, welcome to Douche Nation. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Upon finding this out... Leslie takes it upon herself to go on their radio program in an attempt to get their listeners to vote for a less douchey and more elegant uh, slogan. Sounds right. What will happen? How will Leslie do on air with Crazy Ira and the douche? What will Pawnee's Newtown slogan be? Will Leslie ever be capable of delegating work to others? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Yeah. Well, we sort of had the same A story. So, oh, sort of good. Okay. Yeah. I I basically split the, I took the Leslie and uh, Grant storyline. I made that my D story because it's like half of a story, but we'll, we'll get into that more later. I see. But for the sake of this, uh, I I have the same A story you do. And my theme this week, Mark, is TV shows that didn't test well. Oh. And and they came back in a different form that we, so you'll recognize these, but they're not exactly what you remember. Oh. So, uh, you know, they're. So uh, the classic, uh, you know, World War II era show, Hogan's Heroes. Love that. Was originally Slogan's Heroes. Oh, my. Yeah. And it was about World War II POWs trying to come up with a slogan for their resistance group. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, they scrapped that one. Didn't Hogan's test, didn't Heroes test well. I understand. No, yeah. Yeah. Which you can watch on Freebie these days, by the way. Oh, I love that. It. Yeah. So. Hogan. <laughs> Click. Colonel Klink, how would you like to go to the Russian front? Oh, my God. How about your B story, Mark? All right. How about my B story? All right. My B story I have is entitled, It's the Nature of the Bistro. I like that. Because it should be. Beast. That's what it should be. Yeah. yeah. I get right. you to do the, yeah. uh, I'm clever. It's All right. Stuff. Tom is trying to find the perfect and affordable place for his restaurant venture, Tom's Bistro and calls upon Donna and Regal Meagle Realty to help with April tagging along to give her opinions on the available properties. For the next two days, Donna, April, and Tom visit a variety of places, but all of them seem to have inherent flaws, like they're uh, too expensive or too far away from City Hall or too small or lighting or whatever. At the end of the second day, Tom is at his wit's end and laments that maybe... Tom's Bistro wasn't meant to be and plans to inform his investor he can't find a suitable property. How will this turn out? Can Donna find a suitable property for Tom? Does April ever provide positive feedback? Rarely. Will Tom's Bistro ever become a viable up-and-coming business or will it go the way of Entertainment 720? Oh. Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Nice shot, Mark. Yeah. I I did have the same B story. So uh, my, uh, my reworked television show, we yeah. all, of course, know Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives from the Food Network, Mark. Oh, yes, that one. It was originally, though, 
diners, drive-ins, and drives. And it was a reality cooking show where we went around looking for real estate for future eating establishments. Oh, tested a little you... on the boring side. See, I had heard that you drove around, but then you went to some golf courses. I, maybe yours is more it's a accurate. Different. Yeah, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah, I may have heard wrong. In a golf community, that might work though. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it might. Yeah. How about your C story, Mark? How about that C story? All right, my C story I have as entitled uh, "Every Duke Has a Silver Lining." See, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, I like yours this week. (laughs) Andy, thank you. Andy has been driving all over Indiana looking for bands to play the Unity concert, but has been largely unsuccessful. When he asks Craig for any advice, Craig mentions a couple of locations in Eagleton that do pretty well, including Cozy's Bar. Wait, that sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Willing to try anything, Andy goes to Cozy's to check it out. And there he finds a throng of excited middle-aged women. Huh. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Waiting for the one, the only, Mr. Duke Silver. Wow. Noticing how much Duke resembles Ron. That's weird. weird. Andy goes into Ron's office the next day to tell him about his visit to Cozy's. Eh, seeing no way out of it, Ron admits. Uh-oh. He is Duke Silver. But insists that Andy keep it a secret. Andy, however, is so excited at this news. He's good, man. Yeah. He insists on booking Rook slash Duke Silver. Ron slash Duke Silver. What did I call him? Rook Silver. Oh, my God. That's, that's his brother. That's horrible. That is his twin brother. <laughs> he insists on booking Ron slash Duke Silver to play at the Unity concert. What will happen? Will Andy really book Duke Silver to play at the Unity concert? Does Ron do anything to keep his alter ego Duke Silver a secret? Will Duke Silver actually play at the Unity concert? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Mm-hmm. I, uh, of course, had the same C story. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen this show on Netflix, Mark. It's about a band. It's called Daisy Jones and the Six. No. Yeah, it's kind of new. I, mm. I haven't really haven't checked it out yet. But apparently, before that, we had Ron Swanson and the Sax. Huh. Which was a fictional documentary, of course, about a libertarian politician who plays sax to de-stress himself from his dead-end government job. See, I would watch that show. I would totally watch that show. I'd, I'd watch that I show. I think that they should bring that pilot back. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, hey, nice job on the breakdown there. I think we're only slightly different. I, like I said, I broke my Leslie in the National Park storyline out, but we'll talk more about that in a bit. I, I, I understand why you did that. Yeah. We will talk more about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, then I think it's time for the breakdown. No, uh-uh. You know well, why? Well, then, hey, Mark, I think it's time for the AKA. That's what it is, because uh, I looked that up. Uh-huh. All right. So my I know AKA, how to do this show. You, you know how to do sports. I know how to do this show. It's, the second Thank time. God. We each have our strengths. We are like the poor man's Avengers. We each have our own strengths. Oh, strength. my God. I mean, if you can't afford the Avengers or really anybody with Hire any us? ability. I mean, I you can like, like, you know, we can pretend stuff. <laughs> We're good at that. Anyway, we're much better than Let's NBC. Let's pretend we have good AKAs this week. I'm gonna. Okay, here's my pretend good AKA is, you know, I had mentioned Andy is so excited sure. when he found out that, that that Ron was Duke Silver. What? And, and he's going to, shush, 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 And he's going to sign him for the on for the Unity concert. Sure. And he's going to play, this is, this is my AKA, he's going to play right after Bobby Night Ranger. I love it. I disproportionately laughed at that. I didn't expect that. That's funny. They they all wear red sweaters. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, I love Night Ranger. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
Well, hey, uh, I had one AKA this week. I actually struggled to come wow. up with an AKA, hmm. uh, which is another thing we'll talk about, I'm certain. But um, Lazy. There's a, well, there's that. I was a little lazy, <laughs> if we're being honest about it. I think mine's from that, uh, the B storyline, uh, where they're shopping for restaurants and they find the, you know, Jurassic Fork. We've been there before. Oh, yeah. And they think, hey, let's, we just, you know, it's available now for various reasons. We just take out the T Rex and boom, you got a restaurant. You say, yeah. nope, no can do. That's a load bearing T Rex. It's a load bearing T Rex. <laughs> Which is just brilliant. That is brilliant. It, it really is. Like, I, that, of all the lines, the good lines. And I think there were, well, there's just that one basically. So <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, listening to this, this is what we in the podcast business uh, call foreshadowing. Yeah. A little bit. Well, Hey Mark, uh, let's not wait any longer. Let's, let's, uh, let's break it down. Here we go. All right. Let's break it down. Break it down. All right. Cold open, a very good place to start. We start off, uh, at city hall. That seems apropos. And we see Ben unveiling to the gang the new website that he created for the city of Pawnee. Let's see, who do we have back there? Hey, Constantine? Hey, buddy. Hey, yeah, I know. How you doing? Hey, start us off. Play the clip, will you? Thanks. Okay, I don't want to overhype this, but presenting da, 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 the new city of Pawnee website, huh. totally revamped. You can pay for parking tickets, you can apply for a business license, and the best part is we are putting up an online poll so people can pick the new town slogan. Hey, look, a panda! Whoa. Yeah, that's just huh. some mascot that's thing cute. the designer put up on the front page, but more importantly, you can now apply for a utility tax refund online. Wait, the panda's name is Peebo. Peebo. <laughs> Look, he can even play ping pong. What? Oh, no, me first, me first. Oh, oh, that's it. Guys, Ben worked really hard on this, okay? Let's look at the online polls. It's gonna be a cool way to choose our new town slogan. <gasps> The panda holds the paddle with his tail? I want to play! Congratulations, Ben. This is truly a fine panda game you made. Well done. <laughs> what else does he do? I think if you click on the bamboo, he puts on a top hat. Ta-da! Oh my god. <laughs> I love you, Ben! <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, okay. You know, Pebo. why could we not do something like that when we work together? I don't know. I, I feel like it's not too late, Mark. We should put it on our website. I kind of feel like it's this version late. of Peebo, not the one we'll meet later. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even want to talk about that. It's horrible. It's nightmare. Look away, that's, children. That's what you call nightmare fuel. It is nightmare fuel. Yeah. That and the toothless clown. Yikes. Yeah. Especially. <laughs> There's a throwback for you. Yikes and a half. Yeah. I want to be part of an inside joke one day, Mark. You will be. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, uh, we open up our main episode in the bullpen where, hey, well, let me ask you this, though. What? Do you feel like the cold open was plot relevant? Um, yeah, I would. I'm going to say no. You say no? <laughs> yeah. Because I thought the A was about, remember how my AK is just slogan, and yeah. then, then the website's all about the slogan? Yeah. But is they it, could have just later just said, hey, we're letting people vote for the slogan on the Pawnee website. Yeah, but they then, didn't need that cold open. Then you would not have Peepo. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Peepo is cute, but he's not plot relevant. I mean, I'm he, just grumpy this week. You probably figured that out already, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. He goes all downhill after Peebo. That's all I'm saying. So oh, this is going to be a good one. Okay. Strap all right. In. All right. You know what? I'll, yeah. I'll buy that in the sense that they haven't divin, dovin. They haven't dubbed. Dovin. It's dovin. It's dubbed. They haven't dubbed into the slogan part of it. That's fair. It's it's tangential to it, but not directly. It, 
re- you know regarding what? it. I'll buy that. I would buy, I'd buy your point too. All right. Well, hey, Mark, from there, we yeah. open the main episode in yeah. the bullpen where the search for the Unity Concert Entertainment is underway and progress is a little slow. Yeah, it's, it's very, very slow. Later on that same day, I'm assuming it's the same day, yeah. um, we see Andy kind of trudge into the bullpen and he kind of slumps down at the central circular table there. He had the Peebo high, so now he's crashing. That's what happens. Yeah. The Peebo you, crash. Yeah. Like a sugar crash. I learned that at school. Um, when Craig and Craig, crazy Craig, mm. Craig's at his desk and he sees Andy kind of slump down the table. When Craig asks what's wrong, Andy vents about how he's been driving all over Indiana looking for bands to play the Unity concert and he hasn't had any luck. So desperate for advice, Andy asks Craig, a former Eagletonian, what places in Eagleton he might want to check out. And in between snarky comments, Craig actually does tell Andy about a couple places. Patterson's and Cozy's Bar. I think we've heard of both of those. Yes, we have, Mark. Well, Mark, while Andy searches for the perfect musical act, we catch up with Leslie, who is searching her comprehensive list of questions for Grant Larson in order to help her choose her potential new career path. We now cut to JJ's Diner, the unofficial meeting place of Pawnee's political elite. We all all know that. That was established, what, like episode two? Yeah. That was first season for sure. Oh, that's first season. Yeah. That's dogma. That is dogma. Absolutely. Point. Yeah. And Leslie is once again, as you mentioned, meeting with Grant Larson, director of the Midwest branch of the National Park Service. Since the last episode, when Grant offered Leslie a job running one of their branches, Leslie has been endlessly peppering Grant with questions, which Grant has done his best to answer. However, during this particular question and answer pepper session, Leslie learns from Grant that she really wouldn't be doing the everyday minutia like she's been used to. She would be overseeing 200 plus people. Her job would be more creative, big picture stuff and would require her to uh, delegate uh, paperwork and other tiny details to her staff. I think Leslie was a bit stunned by this and maybe even a little sad. I think she's headed that way. Yeah. Did you notice she's obviously given Grant a binder previously because he's already read through it. This binder says more questions. So yeah, Grant first sits down and hands her a very thick binder titled questions about the job. Right. He's answered the question. And he tells her, I think I've done my best to answer all these questions. She accepts that binder. Let's call that binder A. A. And then she like goes (laughs) and like brings out binder B. I don't know where she had it. Equally thick. Equally thick that says more questions about the job and hands it to Grant. Leslie. That the fact that he didn't run screaming, I think is a positive sign. It's a good sign for Leslie. Yeah. 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 Mark, I the other thing I love about this scene was that uh Leslie is now ordering waffles by the hour, not by the unit. Like I, Martha, I need three waffles. No, I need two hours worth of waffles. Yeah, you you have the the conversion factor, Martha. <laughs> I'm gonna be here for two hours. Your tip you know depends on this. <laughs> Get it Ma- right. Get make sure I'm plied with waffles the entire two hours. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, Mark, from JJ's, we jump back to City Hall, where yet another search is about to begin, courtesy of the one and only Regal Meagle Real Estate Company, or, you know, a.k.a. Donna. Uh, She's so nutty. We cut back to City Hall, where we see Tom walk into the bullpen and approach Donna and April, who are already sitting at that central circular table. Apparently, Tom previously talked with Donna about using Regal Meagle Realty to find a suitable location for Tom's Bistro. And April's tagging along to help out and kind of give her opinions on things. Before they take off, Tom gives them both thank you gifts for helping them out. 
I, the gifts, Mark, are amazing. There's basically uh, my favorite of the two, though, was the Larry Voodoo doll <laughs> for April. It's so apropos. And then, of course, we see it actually work on Larry almost immediately. Well, it didn't, but it didn't work because April said she didn't oh, say anything. Said Larry, it read her mind. It read her mind. It, that's amazing. I gotta tell you, I might buy it if if they sold those, I would buy it. Jerry is a is a is an excellent. Fine, fine human being. I would still buy it. <laughs> we should put those in the uh, Live from Pawnee store. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. With our t-shirts that we're never going to make. With our wonderful, wonderful t-shirts. That's right. Well, Mark, we all know that person who just can't do things the easy way. They have to make everything harder than necessary. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce you to Leslie Nope. Dear God. I really thought you were going to say Mark, and I didn't know <laughs> no. where I was going to go with this. But okay, 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 okay. Um, I wasn't saying that about you. We do. It's people we know, Mark. <laughs> we both know you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That applies to her. Sure. All right. We now cut to Ben's office where we see Ben is on his laptop ready to go live with the website's slogan poll while Leslie is pacing beside him, perhaps a little agitated from her meeting that she just had with Grant Larson. Once the poll goes live, Ben mentions the cool thing about it is the website does the work, so they can just sit back and take it easy. Apparently, Leslie has other plans. Like, she now is like, no, 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 you know We're what? We're going to sit forward and take it, it hard. We, <laughs> as you should. It, she wants to get into the nitty-gritty, going door-to-door, canvassing, flyers, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, hey, you know what we should do? We should set up a press junket. It's not the Sanford and Son thing I checked. We should set up a press junket to publicize the poll. And uh, I think Ben seems a little, maybe a little surprised and maybe a tad disappointed at this. I think he was looking forward to leaning back and taking it easy and not the other thing. Well, I think in addition to that, it's like he and all of us are ready for Leslie to finally do a little bit of delegation. Yes. She's not showing that she's capable yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, Mark, on the real estate tour, we kick off the location that may be a little too rich for Tom's budget. Yeah, we, we now cut to... Well, I don't know exactly where in Eagleton we are, Alan, but this is apparently one of the hot properties that Donna planned to show Tom. It's on the north side of the tracks. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, so let's do a pro and con list. The sure. pros is Tom likes it, and as he's looking around, he can visualize where everything would go. So that's good. That's good. The cons, Donna points out it's $9,000 a month, <gasps> which is like way more than Tom can afford. And also, April points out it's really far away from City Hall, which would be annoying so long story short they decide to leave and go look at some other properties that donna has closer to tom's price range and april seems particularly interested in saying that she doesn't like this one at this time right yeah. this is the first one she's commented on right so i'd keep an eye on that right well speaking of tv shows mark we now join leslie on a tour of her own and it's basically meet the press but pawnee style well said yeah, we now cut to Leslie sitting on a stage alone. I'm not sure exactly where this is and doesn't matter. Doesn't but matter. but she's sitting on a stage alone before, right before the press junket starts. And Ben, I think, is standing close to her, but like behind one of the cameras. Constantine, lay the clip, sir. This press junket is a brilliant idea, isn't it, Mr. Strange Cameraman, who I've never met? Mm. Leslie, I told you I'm not going to participate in your weird Julia Roberts cameraman husband fantasy. Quiet cameraman purds here. <laughs> Leslie, your poll is designed to choose a new slogan, and a slogan is a series of words that have a meaning. <laughs> 
So true, Perd. <laughs> All of the choices for the town slogan are wonderful, but if I had to choose my favorite, it would probably be storied past, bright future. Mm. Well, the story of my interest level is, it's medium. <laughs> Joan, this poll is a chance to give our newly merged city a new identity, to really rebrand this town. Yes, great question. I have been thinking of rebranding myself. What do you think about Juan Calamezzo? Mm. Isn't Juan a, a man's name? No, it means flower. <laughs> I think it means John. Crazy Ira and the Douche from 93.7 FM, The Groove. Leslie, do you believe that this new slogan will integrate Pawnee and Eagleton into one cohesive city? Wow, mm. that's a very thoughtful question, Crazy Ira. Yes, yes I do. A follow-up question, Leslie. Show us your boobs! Oh my God. Will this fit on a bumper sticker? <laughs> you know, I thought that maybe they would only have that electronic fart noise in the studio. Yeah. Turns out they carry around a remote version it's of portable. that. portable. That's amazing. Again, something we could sell in the Live from Pawnee store. Technology. Yeah. You gotta love it. Yeah. Well, Mark, we return for the first time in a long while to Eagleton's favorite jazz club, where Andy continues his search based on Tom's suggestions. Yeah, we now cut back to Eagleton, Cozy's Bar to be exact, and we see Andy sitting at a table amongst a crowd of apparently very excited middle-aged ladies. <laughs> the announcer then comes out and asks everyone to put their jazzy hands together for the one, the only Mr. Duke Silver! Ron comes out on stage, naturally, in his Duke Silver persona and greets the crowd. Andy Andy <laughs> now does yeah, yeah. Andy now does the it's catching. It's catching. And, and so he does a giant mug to the camera. I think maybe even Andy has a shot of figuring this one out. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh the lady sitting next to Andy refers to uh Duke as Sex on a stick. Yeah. It's like a corn dog that plays saxophone. Now I get it. <laughs> I did not understand before, but you had me a corn dog. Yeah. I had to cut through the haze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, back in Leslie's office, Ben and Leslie discuss strategy that ultimately turns into something a little more personal and just get a room. Yeah. Uh, we now get back to City Hall where we see Ben with Leslie in her office as they review the results of the press junket and the online slogan poll. Let's do a pro and con list again. The pros, the poll was a big hit and thousands of people voted. The Great. cons, apparently, Crazy Ire and the Douche got their fans to flood the poll with write-in votes for, and I quote, Pawnee, welcome to Douche Nation. So it wasn't even on the ballot originally. It wasn't on the ballot. <laughs> Why did she have a write-in option? It was on account of democracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's not a dictator. But, <laughs> but talking about being a dictator apparently sparked some little weird yeah. perv fantasy that both of them have and they started making out yikes yikes wow i mean good for them yeah but yikes i mean the cameraman didn't do it but this no. thing. all right well mark sometimes life forces you to have to do that thing you really don't want to do to achieve your goals and leslie is about to take us along on a ride with one of her must-dos we now cut to the radio station for 93.7 the groove of pawnee where leslie is preparing to go on air with crazy ira and the douche constantine Lay the clip, sir. You know, we could just figure out a different strategy for picking a slogan. You don't have to go on their show. No, I want to do this. I enjoy the challenge. So, how do I look? I need these guys to think that I'm, like, super chill. Is this going to work? Oh, what up, Les? 
Backwards hat, shows a real lack of respect for authority. I like that. What's up, little mayor? You gonna freak out again? <laughs> so, Leslie, what's the deal? Are you just here to yell at us again? Yeah, are we in store for another Leslie Nope nag sesh? Crazy Ira, do the dishes! <laughs> Classic, no way. I'm not here to nag, guys. I'm just psyched to be in the studio, you know? I'm just chilling in the studs with my dudes. Hmm. If you're really not here to nag us, then maybe you'll help us with our next segment. Rating Celebrities Bears. Perfect. On a scale from one to... How would you rate Emma Watson's boobs? First of all, I would rate her acting as an A. You have three seconds to answer. We're going to withdraw a donation from charity. From charity? Oh, uh... (laughs) Uh, A minus. More like double D minus. Knew it, I knew it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Leslie. Yeah, would you notice um, it, our, the, the, the great uh, helper in the studio, uh, oh, Ch- yeah. China Joe, yeah, he's uh, gone. is no longer there. He's Jewish Greg. Is that who that is? Yeah, we'll we'll meet him again in the next segment. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, he's doing a great is, job, right? Uh, Greg Levine. Yeah, he yeah. he produces a, another podcast that I've heard about. Oh, yeah. Never made the connection. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, back at the parks department, Andy questions Ron about his whereabouts on the previous evening, and he isn't even dressed as Bert Macklin. <laughs> yeah, that's when he does his best thinking. He really does. Too bad he's retired. We now cut to Ron sitting at his desk doing a crossword puzzle, naturally, when Andy's big old head kind of peeks around the corner, followed by Andy making his way into Ron's office and just kind of staring at him for a second. (laughs) Ron, can I help you? (laughs) At this point, Andy tells Ron about his visit to the jazz club, Mm. and he saw something interesting. Mm -hmm. And Ron finally, after this twin brother fiasco gets out of the way, Ron finally tells Andy that A, Yes, he is indeed Duke Silver. B, only Tom and April know, so please, please keep it to yourself. C, his musical career is private. Andy, however, is in hog heaven. Like, well, Given sure. how much he's been striking out trying yeah. to book bands for the Unity concert. Solves and, all of his problems. And given how good Ron is, because he's like saxophone player for the California Raisins good. That's pretty good. Andy excitedly tells Ron, oh, no, 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 I am definitely booking you to play at the Unity concert. After Bobby Night Ranger. Bobby Night Ranger. <laughs> Andy excitedly <laughs> leaves Ron's office because he figures, like you said, Alan, his problems are solved. Yeah. It's Ron, be epic. Ron kind of looks after him. He is not happy. He's not happy. We'll, we'll come back to that. Mm. Well, back at Douche Central, Leslie's torture continues as she gets a chance to try to change the conversation, but there are just too many farts on the soundboard, Mark. We now cut back to Douche Central, where Leslie is trying to make the most out of her on-air presence. Constantine, do the thing, man. Play the clip. Final round, Leslie. Boobs or ass? Hard to believe this is a fun game for your radio listeners. Uh, I'm going to say butt. Yes! 
You are correct. This is my mom's dumper. <laughs> oh, mommy. Not know how you got your hands on that. I took it. Good. Well, <laughs> it has been so fun growing out with my dogs. I never knew that objectifying women could be so much fun. We're running out of time here, so just a quick reminder to write in Welcome to Douche Nation oh, yeah. as the official town slogan at PawneeCity.gov. Or you know what would also be kind of dope for the people of Douche Nation to do is vote for another slogan. Like, you know, storied past, bright future. But I, mean, I, don't, I don't care. I don't give a fart, bros. You know, just do your thing, chicken wing. Hey, Crazy Ara, have you seen my stick? Where's your stick? I don't know. Lesbo Baggins, do you know where my stick is? You're- oh, found my stick. Oh, where'd you find it? Up, up Leslie Nope's butt! butt. <laughs> Yo, where's my stick at? He's up her butt, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish Greg, whatever we're paying you, it's not enough. <laughs> Damn it, I almost pulled that off. No, you really didn't. You just didn't. delete the poll and let the slogan thing go. Or maybe we sneak back in there. You distract those guys for like 30, 90 minutes. Mm. I get on live radio, I give an impassioned speech about which slogan I want to endorse, mm. and I play a few songs, which I've always wanted to do, and mm. then we just see what happens. Yeah. No, I should just let this go. Okay. That didn't, that didn't go well. I think uh, that was not quite as bad as Ben's uh, television appearance, but it was darn close. No, she didn't completely melt down. Oh, but she, I would, she, yeah, I would but say it was good. The net outcome wasn't much better, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at the Parks Department, Ron goes to extreme measures to keep his privacy intact. Yeah, we now cut to... At first, we cut to one of the hallways at City Hall where we see two things. A, Andy is standing there talking to someone. I'm not sure who it is, but he's having a conversation with somebody. And then B... Ron enters the hallway, walking stoically with a frown on his face, which naturally, uh, carrying a saxophone case and a fedora and sunglasses that look suspiciously like the ones worn by one Duke Silver. Uh-oh. When Andy sees Ron, he breaks off from his conversation and begins following him. This takes us out to the dumpster by City Hall, and we see Ron walk up to it and throw the saxophone case in the dumpster. This is witnessed by Andy, who is not too far behind him at this point. When Andy asks Ron what's going on, Ron explains simply but firmly that he would prefer to never play again than have everyone know his secret. With that, Ron throws the hat and sunglasses in the dumpster, says a goodbye to Duke Silver, rest in jazz, and heads back inside. Andy watches him go, clearly a little disturbed, maybe a little unhappy. Yeah. And and for our viewers at home, Mark, we should clarify that this dumpster is not the same dumpster as Ira's mom. Anyway, I I know they had to be wondering about that. They really did. Thank yes. you for. I, I knew they the were haze. sitting on pins and needles, waiting to know. <laughs> well, Mark, we now bounce back to Leslie's desk for a brief check-in on how she has quote decided to let it go end quote. Uh, Mark, why don't you just go in and spoil it for us? How'd she do? Mm. Is not is not great. No. Um. So this is a short little scene. We we cut to Leslie's office where Leslie is. Talking to Morris Lurpus, well, of course, who Tom described as a computer expert, <laughs> to see if he can help her communicate somehow with everyone who voted via the online slogan poll. Apparently, now the leading slogan is "Home of the Stick Up Leslie Nope's Butt." <laughs> Morris uh, voted for that one. Uh, well, it's funny. <laughs> it I get it. Um, Morris tells her, "Yeah, we can do that. Just send her, send him some Bitcoin." And and then he he leaves. Just PayPal me some Bitcoin when you get a chance. What? Leslie has what no idea what that means. 
Those are words. Like only person to be more confused by that sentence would be Ron. Probably. Yeah. Well, back on the realty hunt, the tour continues. And so far, every place seems to miss the mark in one way or another. Yeah, we cut back to Donna and April continuing to show Tom uh, a couple more potential locations for Tom's Bistro. Constantine, do the honor, sir. Play the clip. So this is way under your budget. Used to be a donut shop. Well, a tire shop that sold donuts. It's pretty rough. I mean, I guess I could fix the roof and tear out the counter and do something about the smell. This place is creepy. I mean, I love it because it reminds me of a cafeteria and a haunted nursing home, but it's <laughs> just me. This is the last listing I have that isn't an active crime scene. Hey, man, what happened? I thought Jurassic Fork was super popular. We stretched ourselves too thin by expanding to a second location. You opened another dinosaur-themed restaurant? No, another Steven Spielberg-themed restaurant. The German place downtown. Schindler's Lunch. <laughs> I oh think God. you may have misunderstood what people liked about Jurassic Fork. I actually think the space is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, we'd have to move this T-Rex, but... No can do. That's a load-bearing T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> this really the last place you have available? Dang. Maybe Tom's Bistro wasn't meant to be. Oh. Mm. April looks guilty petting that dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, dinosaurs need love too. They do. It's it's, yeah. it's it's only it's only fair. Yeah, and she's kind of an animal person these days, right? She is. I don't know how much luck she would have uh, having someone adopt a dinosaur. Well, I'd love to see that. Mm, I would too, actually. That would have improved this episode, and that actually would have made an interesting sequel to Jurassic Park. <laughs> We're gonna have to have our next um, lunch meeting at Schindler's Lunch, though. That's. Well, they also had another place, uh, yeah. Savoring Private Ryan. <laughs> that's pretty good, Mark. It didn't do nearly as well. No, no yeah. I was going to say, that. That's I'm surprised, though. That's <laughs> even better. Well, we now join Leslie in Ben's office, where Ben is checking in with Leslie's progress on Operation Let It Go. Although we may already know the answer, just like Ben does. Yeah, we now cut back to City Hall where we see Leslie entering Ben's office to see what he wanted to talk to her about. And apparently, it's come to Ben's attention that someone uh, wrote a huge number of personalized emails to everyone who voted for, you know, stupid slogans. That's weird. Telling them to do the right thing and vote for a real slogan. Well, because of this, not only did they receive about 300 complaints, but some hackers got really mad about this invasion of privacy and attacked the website. And uh, not Pebo. Like, I, 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 I can't even describe what happened to poor Pebo. Is he, are they blurring out a hat made of penises, Mark? I don't even want to hear this. <laughs> I don't want to besmirch the memory of my precious Pebo. Oh my God. There's some other cre creepy stuff on there too. I mean, Pebo is bad enough. Yeah, but they, they really trashed the site. They totally they did. They really did. Yeah. Well, you know, they hacked our website too, Mark. They did. Yeah. That's why it's like a year and a half out of date because they got a hold of it and they can't update it now. Damn you hackers. I know it. Uh, oh, my fist. You make me so yeah. mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Mark, after a quick break, we rejoin Ben and Leslie, although this time in Leslie's office and it's a new day and a new Leslie. Well, it's now a little later. And uh, I think it's the same day. It's the I, new day. They're wearing different clothes. Is it? Yeah. I'm so bad at I that. I mean, maybe they went home and changed clothes. I, they got sweaty or something. I don't know. They maybe. Kind of, you they don't getting, know. Getting hot and heavy. Costume change. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sometime after that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and you. And <laughs> we, we, we cut to Leslie and Ben. And this time they're in Leslie's office. And Ben tells Leslie that IT is working on fixing the website. But also, he senses that Leslie's off and asks her what's going on. 
And Leslie finally tells Ben about her meeting with Grant Larson and how she's afraid that she'll actually miss the nitty-gritty hands-on stuff. While Ben, I think, understands, he also tells her that's the point of moving up the ladder, to think bigger, swim in a bigger pond, etc. Ben then suggests, as a test of sorts, to let someone else handle the upcoming public forum on the town's slogan, which she man- while she manages it from a distance. Sure. Right? And it sounds good. Uh, looking around for a suitable candidate, the only person they can find is, uh, is Jerry. <laughs> but, excuse me, Larry. Larry, yeah. But, as Ben says... If she can step back and let Jerry, Larry, she can step back and let Larry take control. Uh She can survive anything. And reluctantly, Leslie agrees. And Jerry, Larry seems pretty excited about this. He he tries to get up and somehow he has looped his belt through the chair, though. Yeah, it's this, it's like a new problem he has. (laughs) He gets up and he starts rampaging around like some chair rhino. (laughs) Just knocking things (laughs) over. Leslie and her being hands-on, I kind of get. But but the question she asked herself is, has she really pulled her last bloated raccoon carcass out of the fountain? I mean, you know, that's pretty hands-on. That's way, way yeah. hands-on. And yeah. I, I kind of feel like she needs to raise the bar a little bit. A little. Yeah. Yeah, even if she stays in the same role. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we join Ron and Andy along with a banana, a saxophone, and a list of confessions. We now cut to Ron's office where we see Andy walking in with Duke Silver's saxophone case, apparently with a banana peel on it, um, and he places it on Ron's desk. Constantine, play the clip, man. You really shouldn't have dug that out of the dumpster. I had to. Also, I had a banana on the way over here. Sorry. And I get why you don't want anyone to know about Duke Silver, and you don't have to worry. Your secret is safe with me. To even it out, I'm going to tell you all of my secrets. Oh, oh no, that's not necessary. I once forgot to brush my teeth for five weeks. <laughs> I didn't actually sell my last car. I just forgot where I parked it. I don't know who Al Gore is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. When they say 2% milk, I don't know what the other 98% is. When I was a baby, my head was so big, scientists did experiments on me. I once threw a beer at a swan, and then it attacked my niece, Rebecca. <laughs> That'll do, Andrew. You don't have to play the Unity concert. But don't quit music. Please. Well, Ron seems to be considering Andy's plea. He looks a little pensive. Yeah. What is the other 98% of 2% milk? He's got me wondering now. I assume it's water. I don't know. I'd like to believe it's something a little more interesting, but you're probably right. Yeah, I've been, I've been conditioned for disappointment. I bet <laughs> it's water. Well. We're reviewing the right episode this week, then. Well, Mark... <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> again. Back in the bullpen, Tom expresses his disappointment on the location search, and we learn why it may not have gone as well as he had hoped. Yeah, we now cut to the bullpen, where Tom is sitting at that circular center ta- central table, and he's clearly unhappy, with Donna at her desk in the background kind of looking on. We then see April come in and sit down across from Tom, asking if he's okay. And Tom tells her that he was excited about the restaurant, but ugh, at this point, he should probably call his investor and tell him there's a problem. Mm. And with that, Tom gets up and he leaves. And at this point, both Donna and April look at each other and they admit to each other that they were actually both giving Tom, let's say, less than 100% of their efforts. Let's put it that way. It's a nice way to put it. Because, well, 
because they didn't want Tom to leave. So, you know, April badmouthed every single location they went to, and Donna apparently showed Tom crappy places on purpose. And at this, it seems like they realize now we need to fix this. Like yeah. We need, we need, need to try to make really things better. Help him out. And we see Donna get on the phone and she starts making a few calls. All right. Well, we'll see what they do with that. Well, Mark, Leslie has done everything she could to influence the slogan in a positive direction. And now it's up to the citizens of Pawnee to put it to a vote. That's right. And uh, it's up to apparently Jerry, Larry, Gary, uh, Gergich, Gengerch to lead it. He's running the show, right? <laughs> we, we, we now cut to, apparently he is, we now cut to council chambers where we see it has been opened up for a public forum on the town's new slogan. Constantine, do the honors, man. Play the clip. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a public forum to choose our new town slogan. I'm going to hand things over to Larry Gengerch, <laughs> who is 100% in charge. Well, let's just get started, huh? I want to talk about... What the... Oh, it's the... Jeez, Louise. It's happening. I don't know why. Still. I think the slogan should be Pawnee, home of crackers, the orangest goldfish in Indiana. Okie dokie. No. Let me write it down. <laughs> Who even needs the slogan? Well, now that is an interesting point. Mm. No, that's my slogan idea. Who even needs a slogan? And then a big picture of me flipping everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> Let's keep our eye on the ball here, douche nation. Home of the stick, up Leslie Nope's butt. Butt stick. Butt stick. Let's butt stick. Butt stick. Butt stick. Okay, who's next? Yes, ma'am. This slogan is going to go on every sign in town. I think it should be something real that we can all be proud of. I've lived in Pawnee my whole life, and it could be a strange place, but overall, it's a warm and wonderful town. My idea for a slogan is, when you're here, then you're home. Well, that's lovely. I actually had it printed up so we could see what it would look like. <laughs> oh, you, mm, there's, that's, that's spelled wrong. That mm. should be then, T-H-E-N. Stay strong, let them work it out, and trust Larry. Trust Larry. Are you even listening to yourself? I like that slogan a lot. But you made a little mistake there. She's right. going to she's gonna work it out. You're, you're right, you're right. Back off. Your was spelled wrong. It should be Y-O-U-R. Oops, I didn't catch it. Thank you. No, 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 she made it possessive. She's getting further away. Okay, <laughs> let's vote. All those in favor? Approved. Hey. Well, Leslie looks relieved, but Crazy Ira and the Douche look a little disappointed, Mark. They look a little disappointed. I think that maybe Douche Nation has let them down. I gotta say, it's not a bad slogan. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Maybe if they get the spelling right, it'd be even better. I, I think when you consider the alternatives, including specifically all the slogans that we saw on their website yeah. and the write-in slogans. Yeah. That's not bad. Actually, I like that one better than the one Leslie was promoting, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. You know, Why well, mention your previous atrocities? Put focus on them. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's, Let's move on. Let's be a denier. <laughs> be a denier. Well, we'll move on here too, Mark. <laughs> well, without April and Donna running interference, uh, that's another one of those pointy ball sports analogies, interference. I don't know if you know that. Ah, got yeah, it. Got it. We finally uh, get, along with Tom, get to see a location that may be worth his consideration. Yeah, we now cut to somewhere, I believe this is in Pawnee as opposed to Eagleton, um, where Donna is showing Tom what seems to be the perfect location for Tom's bistro. So, A, it's under Tom's budget. That's good. B, it's got everything on Tom's wish list, minus the two helipads, but I mean, you can't have everything. 
C, the lighting's really good. D, the bar is kind of cool. And E, it's close to City Hall, which is why I'm thinking this is in Pawnee. With Donna presenting this great candidate and April saying all these gasp, positive things about it, Tom is convinced. And he says, Donna, let's do it. All right. I yeah. like it. Well, finally, Mark, in our kicker, we wrap up our A story and we get a chance to see if Leslie could finally let something go and turn it over to someone else. Mm. We'll see how she did. Well, let's see. For our kicker, uh, we first see white text on the screen that says one week later. And so we, and we appear to be somewhere we're outside. It appears that we're somewhere on the border of Pawnee, like next to roads coming in and out. Yeah, the Pawnee border there. Well, yeah, but Pawnee has borders everywhere. It's next to some highway. Uh, fair enough. I don't know where it is. It's, uh, it's uh, I-69. I didn't do well with geometry. No. Or geography. Sorry. See, that that also hurts that I thought it was a th different thing. Geomeology. Oh, that was even harder. That even confused yeah. me. Um, it's like being a meteor urologist. Um, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> well, I mean, meteors need help, too. They do. All right. Damn it. We appear to be somewhere on the border of Pawnee. It's a week later, and we see Leslie and Ben watching Councilman Hauser as he speaks to a small crowd, consisting mostly of the press, I think, as they prepare to unveil the new town slogan. And the cover is taken off of the welcome sign, and we now see the slogan, When you're here, then you're home. But this time with both of the yours, because uh, they were Y-O-U-R for yeah, a while, and yeah. that Missy They're Miss... Back to the correct spelling. Yeah, back to Y-O-U apostrophe R-E for both of them. and. Yeah. Than T H A N is now T H E N. So I think Leslie had missed a bit. All right, all right, all right. I, I snuck in. I snuck in. I fixed the spelling errors, but give me a freaking break. I it's spelled it together break. for the entire meeting. That's right. Let me have this one. Right. Leslie also admits to Ben. She may be a little scared. Like, yeah. what if she takes this national parks job and she just fails? And Ben then sweetly tells her, I love you. And that's the stupidest thing that you've ever said. And you are going to be great and everyone's going to realize it. And now all they have to do is figure out what to do about the welcome sign being installed the wrong way. <laughs> now it welcomes you as you're leaving. Oh my God. And then there's a guy who comes up and basically he's going in circles. That's a Lurpus. It was a Lurpus. Yeah. It was, that this was whole a episode is lousy with Lurpus. It is lousy with Lurpuses. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriate to go out with a Lurpus. Fade to black. Fade to black. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark. Let's uh, take a quick break, compare our notes. We'll come back and we'll wrap this thing up. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Ladies, are you fans of smooth jazz? How about an even smoother jazz saxophone player? Would you like to relax, let your hair down, and experience sonic love? Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you answered yes to any of the above questions, then I have the perfect nighttime destination for you and your lady friends. Cozy's Bar is located at 829 Division in Eagleton, Indiana. And while I don't normally recommend crossing the Pawnee border into Eagleton, I do recommend Cozy's. Aside from pool tables, great food, talented bartenders, and a great selection of scotch. You can also experience the jazz saxophone stylings of Mr. Duke Silver on the first Thursday of every month, and occasional days here and there in between. Showtimes are at 9 p.m. on weekdays and 9.30 p.m. on weekends, unless the Colts happen to be on the big screen. 
Cozy's also has all three of Duke's albums for sale, Smooth as Silver, Hi-Ho Duke, and his latest offering, The Memories of Now. So the next time you lovely ladies need to get away from the tedium of everyday life, meander down to Cozy's during the witching hour, relax, unwind, and follow Duke Silver Trio on a little journey to yourself. In the words of Duke Silver, Come see me, come talk to me, come love with me, and maybe we can walk through fire together. <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, thank you, that is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, the deleted scenes this week, we had two minutes and 47 seconds worth. Not really only three scenes, so mm -hmm. not a lot. Um, a lot of extra Andy confessions. I did like that, actually. That was pretty funny. Some of those were pretty funny. My favorite one was about his imaginary friend, Chris Traeger, who he hasn't seen in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> was good. That was pretty funny. Yeah. I, that should have been in the canon episode somehow, but yeah. Anyway. Um, then or I, his imaginary friend Mark, friend Mark Brigdanowitz. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, that'd been good, too. Who? Who? Mm. Um, 97 uh, or 93.7 The Groove, double entendre, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leslie gets a fake call from the FCC there while she's on there trying to be all cool. And that was, that was mildly funny, but, you know, worth cutting. Yeah, I agree. The one I really wish they'd kept in was when apparently there was a point where they were going to have Ron consider no longer performing as Duke Silver in Eagleton. Yeah. And instead they have a scene where he is introduced at a place called the Melanie Melody Inn. Right. As Demetrius Midnight. That is outstanding. And he does his little thing with the, the, the ladies in the audience, also middle-aged women, and right. then starts his saxophone, which is just great. Right. So it's pretty visual. Otherwise we could play it, but um, I wish they'd found a way to keep that in. That would have been a fun little addition to the Duke Silver slash Swanson lore. Yeah, it really like, was. Okay, I yeah. temporarily was Demetrius Midnight when I was trying to, you know, kill off Duke Silver. That's right. And 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 anointed as such by Zeus, apparently. Yeah. His monologue. That's amazing. That's he's the god of saxophone now. So <laughs> our jazz. Rest in jazz. So <laughs> well, Mark, uh, let's get into our tropes, our firsts, our fun facts, all that fun stuff. Uh, I did not get a lot of firsts this week, and generally you do better at this than I do. What'd you get this week? Yeah, I do better than you do. Sure. Um I, I found I only had one. Me I too. had one first. What was your first? I had I said uh I says uh it's the first time that we see the future site of Tom's Bistro. Oh, that's a nice one. My only one was the first time that anyone other than April and Tom learned that Ron is Duke Silver. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. So technically it's the third time someone has Yeah, it's a learned. third. Well done. It's a third. There, so there you go. That's so why it's a very good first. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Hey, Mark, how about tropes? All right. I had quite a few. Um, I had Rids. Ron is Duke Silver. Yeah, that's a good. One. Um, I had Mouths, which is middle-aged ladies love Duke Silver. Nice. Um, these acronyms are getting out of control. Um, I had R RLP, Ron loves privacy, which is one that we've had before. Absolutely. Um, I, thought, I said sweet, stupid Andy because I thought it, I just thought it was oh, Ron's twin brother. Yeah, yeah, it qualifies. Um, punching bag Jerry. Oh, sure. For a variety of reasons, yeah. especially the belt and yeah. all that stuff. Love it. Um. <laughs> when April used the voodoo doll, or I guess thought about it, and the voodoo doll went and made her him bump his head. Um, Jerry, Gary, Larry, because I always include that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to say punching bag Ben. Because at the very beginning, like he tried so hard to make this website and then they're just all. That's a good point. And that's really definitely the second week in a row. Not the, only the second time we've ever seen it, but we called it out last week too. And I want to take a, a moment here to, to go back a couple of episodes. Uh, I think it was anniversaries where I said, you know what? I could see them becoming best friends because there's a lot of ways in which if you think about it, I think Ben and Jerry, yeah. besides being the ice, the ice cream, cream yeah. have good parallels that you would go, wow. Yeah, that's true. Because who be, beyond Jerry and maybe Kyle, who beyond Jerry is the next person that would be the, the most likely punching bag? Ben. I think you're exactly right. So anyway, I, with you. I had to go and pat my back there. Um, all right. Uh, fun with names, if for no other reason than Jurassic Fork and Schindler's Lunch. Um, but, and again, you know, we, and I'm sure you got lousy with Lurpuses, right? I have lousy with Lurpuses. Yeah. But and, the, did you see some of the other names that qualified for fun with names this week? No. So Tony Strunk Funster. What? <laughs> Tony Strunk Funster was one of the characters. Yeah. Nuh-uh. It was Chance Frundlum. I knew that one. Was back again this yeah. week. Of he, course. He, does, he likes to do the chance. Yeah. Basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. That guy. Uh, Tem Jemmersting. I just got that because his first name is Chance. Chance. So he likes to do chants. Chance. Get it? I never, re- <clears throat> I, I seriously, I never realized it's that brilliant. before right now. It's it's like a two a layer of fun I, with I, names. I have to get up and walk around. <laughs> I'm distraught. I need a minute. <laughs> Somebody follow me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. And whatever a Tem Jemmersting is. Oh, I know what that is. What is that? That's the owner of Jurassic Fork. Oh, you're right. It was. Ah, wow. It has failed uh, Steven Spielberg-themed experiments. A few other tropes I had is I had mugs to the camera. Yep. Um, Crazy Pawnians, because a lot of times we'll say that, especially like if they have a town hall or public forum or something like that. And then that's where people like Chance have their their moment in the sun there. Um, Leslie Note Binders, which I've... I've actually been derelict in pointing those out sometimes. They become so commonplace, I don't even think about them, and Me I too. probably should. Me too. Um, I, the acronym is SIDLF, Crazy Iron, the Douche Love Farts. That was a tough one. That was a tough one to make into something I could uh-huh. pronounce. I still really didn't. Uh, really. Lousy with Lurpuses, like you said. Yep. And that's LWL, Lousy with Lurpuses. And then yeah. I had LLW, Leslie Loves Waffles. Oh, she does love waffles. What I, I had waffles this morning mm, in honor of Leslie. Mm. Uh, I had uh, the only th- one I think I, I actually had a couple you missed. Um, Tom the Mogul, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Certainly yeah. in that mode. Yep. And I put Donna the Realtor slash Mogul. Because mm. if you think about it, Donna's also a bit of a mogul. She's had these business ventures, investments, um, you know, she's, she's kind of a bit of a, of a silent mogul where Tom is more of a public face mogul. Well, that's true. Like she, she invested in the snake hole lounge. Yep. She invested. She's got property out on the West coast. She invested in a, a, a rent a swag. Yep. Um, she's a, a realtor now. Yeah. Um, I'm on my tongue. Um, yeah, you're right. I, so, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And then um, I, I think that's it for me. I think we had all the same ones with that. Nice. So, nice job. Mark, did you have any goofs or fun facts? Um, the, the guy in the van down by the river that I usually pay to research this for me. Yeah. He, he, off this he, week? he gave me a list of goofs and I thought they were all kind of dumb. Yeah. So I don't think that if, in my opinion, they're yeah. not worth mentioning. The only fun fact I had, I'm sorry, I should I ask you, did you have any goofs? I, I think I saw the same list and I, I proved two of them wrong and rejected the other two. 
Because they just aren't I proved some wrong, too. Yeah. My guy at the van down by the road, he's yeah. not doing his job. One of them was that Jerry's belt is at first not around the chair. But if you look, it absolutely is around the chair. Yeah. So it's like, who cares? You know, yeah. it's pretty minor. It's dumb. Yeah. It's, it's just dumb. dumb stuff. It's dumb stuff. Van by, down by the road and yeah. doing it. So, Although Craig's nameplate, that was interesting to me. I didn't find that. So at one scene, it shows Craig Middlebrooks in his nameplate. And another scene, it says Craig Tolbert. See, I assume that they were talking in the in the beginning of the show. Yeah. You didn't see it. All right. Well, we're going to have to put the boys to work and see if they can prove it then. Yeah. We'd, but I tell you what. If that's true, I find that one interesting because that's pretty big continuity. Here. We're not hiring Van Down by the River guy. He sucks on ice. <laughs> he sucks. Hey, Constantine, you need to research that Craig thing. All right. I know you'll get an onion ring. Has he calmed down now? Don't worry about it. Good Lord. All right. Um, I, I only had one fun fact. Yeah. And it's just that, like, when there's a couple scenes when on, I think, Ben's laptop or maybe Leslie's laptop, whatever, they're looking at the website, like, about here's where you go to vote for the slogan. Oh, and yeah. they list the, the, the ones that are available, like, not the write in ones, but yeah. the, like that you can vote on. Yeah. And they list some of them. And, to, and they're marginally funny. Um, one is you pawn need to visit us. I, I kind of like that one. Yeah. <laughs> storied past bright future we know that one the city that beats i don't know what that means i don't know what that, means, know what that means um it feels real here which <laughs> i thought that was a little it's kind of funny. a little esoteric a little it funny is, well, yeah, um yeah. pawnee is the place to be whatever uh or <laughs> submit your own so that that's all i had do you have any other fun facts? I, I, I didn't. I didn't feel like this was the week for them, honestly. I just felt <laughs> They like were neither fun nor facts. They're neither, neither, neither. So, um, no, I did not this week. And uh, I think that's a pretty good list, though. And we should probably get into our scores at this point. All right, you giant Grumpasaurus. Here we go. We're going to go into our scores. So get, it's like Grumpasaurus Rex to you. Here it goes. And don't get it. So you're a load-bearing Grumpasaurus Rex. <laughs> Boy, am I. <laughs> you're not kidding. I'm sorry. I ouch. To, uh, no, I'm, I have to laugh because I was just so stupid and cruel at the same time. Um, all right. Those are my favorite jabs. <laughs> stupid and cruel. It's my specialties. Um, all right. I'm a, here's my score. Yeah. All right. Well, no, here's the, the preview to my score. Cause How'd you come up with that base score 2.5, Mark? God help me if I ever just blurted out the score. I think that everything would just crumble into dust if I don't talk for it's like, like 10 Thanos hours. Thanos and his snap. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what it's like. Okay, so here's my score ring process. My episode MVP... Single? Is, is, yeah, kind of. Here's what I says. I says, my MVP is the Pawnee recurring characters. Because, let, let me explain, Lucy. Let's um, do. I liked this episode, kind of. Eh. I mean, kind of. A little bit. You're like allowed around, to do whatever around, you want. Around the edges. Yeah. I didn't like it a lot. Yeah. But I, I have to admit, at first, I, I broke down the stories for myself into the three because I didn't realize there was the half there. But I wasn't sure how to explain why I liked it at all. And then, because I, like, time-wise, the A story, like, dominated yeah. the episode. Yeah. It, it had almost 50% more time than the B and the C story combined. That's because like, it, it, it's one and a half stories. It dominated. Maybe. Yeah. And because of this, I have difficulty giving the MV, the MVP award to anyone in the B or C story, which rules out Tom, April, Donna, Ron, or Andy. Um, now, regarding the A story, Jerry, while 
good. He had some good scenes. He was a rather minor part, so I don't feel like I should give it to him. And that leaves Leslie and Ben. Now, both Amy Poehler and Adam Scott are almost always good, and this episode was not an exception for them. I think they did a good job, but I, so I, I almost gave co-MVPs to them, but then I asked myself, I says to myself, I says, self, what made this episode c- come alive for you as it was? Um, the answer was all the callbacks to mm-hmm. like things from prior episodes, including perhaps most importantly, the recurring characters of the lovable town of Pawnee, Indiana. I mean, let's, let's go down the list here. The great Billy Eichner yeah. as Craig Middlebrooks, who yeah. I, I love his delivery. He always makes me laugh yeah. even a little bit. The amazing Mo Collins as Joan Calamezzo. Yeah. Um, the always funny Matt Besser and Nick Kroll as Crazy That's Ira and the Douche. Yeah. Um, a great unexpected cameo appearance by Greg Levine as yeah. Jewish Greg. Yeah. Uh, sorry, China Joe, you've been replaced. Yeah. Uh, the great Jay Jackson as Perd Happley. Sure. Uh, the great Yvonne's Jourdain as Councilman Douglas Hauser. Hauser yeah. Um, Brady Smith reprising his role as Grant Larson. Yeah. Um, the Lurpus dynasty was represented by <laughs> Joe Mandy as Morris Lurpus, yeah. Richard Birch as the nitrous loving Herman Lurpus, Herman. um, Herman. loves that nitrous. And then Mike Mitchell as Bjorn Lurpus, who was the guy at the end who kept driving in circles. Cause it truly was, was lousy with three. It was lousy with Lurpuses. Um, Jeffrey Hutchinson as a uh, Tim, the owner of Jurassic Fork. Yeah. I heard the owner of Jurassic Fork described in another episode, I think is Tim, Tim and Millie Mims. So I think maybe they kept the first name and they screwed around with the last name. The last I don't know. Yeah. And then also uh, Jeffrey Markle was Chance Frenel, the guy who likes to start Chance, which yeah. I swear to God, that blew me away when I realized Chance, it's like C-H-A-N-C-E, Chance, Chance. C-H-A-N-T-S. Yeah. Mind blown. All right. And fun I'm also, with words. It's wordplay. Wordplay yeah. is wordplay fun. Is Language fun. funny. Yeah. I'm also going to include in this MVP list things like you wouldn't expect, like the wonderful restaurant Jurassic Fork yeah, with with or without a load-bearing T-Rex, which might have been my favorite joke in the entire it, episode. It really was the best joke. 93.7, the groove of Pawnee, home to Crazy Iron the Douche. I like revisiting there in the same sense that I like Thought for Your Thoughts, yeah. like that whole yeah. shtick. It's... And last by no means, uh, no means, last but not by no means least, I'm going to include in this MVP list, which now has like 20,000 people in it, the one, the only Mr. Duke Silver. Like, I, I know it's really wrong, yeah. but to me, it made a difference. Like, I like revisiting Duke specifically. So you're giving the MVP to the conventions of the show, basically. I guess. Like, yeah. I, I'm giving it to the callbacks, Fair to enough. things that have yeah. already been established in universe. Those things we've said before, which make Pawnee real to us. That's a good way to put yeah. it. The yeah. things that make it like a real life Pawnee. Yeah, we loved all those things. Yeah. Everything else sucked. Yeah. But, you know, hey. I did like Jerry's new problem of getting belted to his chair. I thought <laughs> I thought that was kind of, and I would buy the Jerry Voodoo doll. I would buy a Jerry Voodoo doll. I also liked Andy's list of ridiculous secrets. He told Deron to make them even. Yeah. I, I And I agree with you. I liked the, the extra extended list yeah. in the deleted scenes, maybe even more. Yeah. That was very, very funny. The imaginary friend of Chris Traeger. That's hilarious. That's a great one. And I got to admit, I liked Peebo. <laughs> I mean, if you click on the bamboo, he puts on a top hat. Uh, I like Peebo. I like Peebo. Penis hat or not. Um, (laughs) He was a penguin, right? No, he's a panda. Oh, panda bear. That's right. Dorcasaurus Rex. Um, (laughs) Sorry, load-bearing Dorcasaurus Rex. Um, All the main cast did an okay job. And, like, there were were funny lines in there, but there's just none that, like, stood out. Yeah. You know, grabbed my attention and said they need to be the MVP. Um, the closest would probably be Leslie and Ben, and honestly, Leslie annoyed me a little in this episode at times. 
Um, at Parks and Rec, I love you, but the main cast just kind of gave me a feeling of meh, like not bad. And and I should say, not well, it's not gut busting laughter, and it wasn't super sweet moments. It was it was okay. Yeah. And I and I, I'm gonna beat you to the punch though. An okay for Parks and Recreation is probably a ten for Two and a Half Men. You know, if not higher. <laughs> Why are you gonna pick on them, Mark? Well, because they're, I don't know. I'm mean. I'm mean. <laughs> I'm load bearing, and I'm mean. Um. <laughs> I mean, we share the love with two broke girls too. I mean. No? No, 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 I don't even acknowledge that show. <laughs> See? This is just not, which is not. Um, I will say, I thought Donna and April's behavior to try and, quote, keep Tom at City Hall seemed ridiculous and a little thin. Honestly, that particular plot point, I could, I could see on a show like Two and a Half Men. Yeah. That one, I, I mean, this like womp, womp, womp. I almost expected to hear that when they're like, okay, we shouldn't do that. How if can we went we back make to make better? the director's cut, that's all I would put in. <laughs> the wall loss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and Alan, do you remember a few episodes ago, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh-oh. I asked your opinion on whether you and I would prefer an episode that had like yeah. really high highs and really low lows. So like a roller coaster there yeah. or like an episode that was okay. Decent, like yeah. all the way through with no spikes in either direction. Yeah. Which one did you choose? I, well, I said that I actually preferred the, if I had to choose between those two, I would prefer the un, the uneven episode with the spikes because yeah. it showed what heights it could get to. Unfortunately, this week, I felt like we went from the 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 the, the spiky high lows in this, in my opinion, the spiky high lows of the last two, two episodes weeks, yeah. to fair. one that was just I, I, uh, okay, well illustrated, yes. And I feel like it suffered a little for it. Um, so all that aside, let's yeah. go into the crazy, crazy Mark rubric. All right, I'm gonna give this sucker a three point five base score. Um, I thought all three stories were decent, but not great. With the A story really dominating everything. I, I, I think maybe evening out the stories would have done this episode a little bit of good. Like I, I appreciated the crazy ire and the douche stuff. There's st- there are things in there I like, but yeah. I would have liked to give the Tom and the Ron stories a little bit more meat. Because generally they can they can deliver if you give them the platform to do yeah. that. But anyway. We've talked about the imbalance they sometimes have given to the guest stars. Yeah. And, you know, going back to... Uh, uh, what was it? Sister City. Yeah. Like a perfect example. Right? Yeah. Like 27 minutes of Fred Armisen, who I love. <laughs> He's very, very funny. I but... love him. But, you know, it's like, I, why? It's not about him. <laughs> Fred Armisen drove me here. <laughs> I mean, he's got to do something. He does. So anyway, I'm sorry. Three and a half base score. Mm. I'm going to give one whole point for what I thought of as a nice job by all of my Pawnee recurring characters for the MVP list. I mean, all that I stuff, like that. the established good. in the universe stuff. Yeah. It, it was that element of it is like a comfortable shoe to me. You know, I'm going to give one whole point as well to what I thought was despite the meh-ness of it. Yeah. A good use of the deep comedic bench in the sense that it was spread out, maybe a little bit too much. But that plus a great list of guest stars, which I'm not going to go over again. So another point for that. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the main cast combo. And so because I gave my MVP award to the recurring stuff, the recurring in-universe characters, I wanted to tip my hat to the main cast. who They they all did a fine job, so I I feel like they deserve something. I want to give half a point to what I call the public forum combo. I've done this before. 
Um, you know, in this case, Leslie putting Jerry in charge, I thought was pretty funny. Yep. All the craziness with the citizens. I always like that. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the crazy ire and the douche combo. Getting to visit with crazy ire and the douche during the press junket and on air with them and finally at the public forum was fantastic, including a great cameo by Greg Levine. It's the same thing as thought for your thoughts. I just like revisiting that. And I'm going to give half a point for what I guess I called the resolution combo. Uh, Leslie passing the Jerry-filled delegation test Ben suggested for her, plus the town finally getting a slogan, plus Tom finally finding a place for Tom's Bistro, and then Andy not pressuring Ron anymore to play at the Unity concert, but pleading with him not to give up music. All right, I'll give that a half point. So you add up all the crazy Mark points. Let's see, let's add up all the crazy Mark points. Uh, you get... Uh, ding! You get seven and a half little Sebastians. So... Like I said, while the last two episodes felt very uneven, I feel like at least the stories were peppered with moments of brilliance. I can't really say that for this episode. Mm. In fact, I would have given it a worse score than last week, except I really did like all of the in-universe characters, locations, and callbacks. And that made me bump it up from what probably would have been a 7 mm. to a 7.5. What did you give last week? 7.5. Okay. So I would have gone below that, but I yeah. thought, eh, I'll match it. Yeah. Because even though it wasn't like the spiky high yeah. lows, yeah. it still had the in-universe characters, which yeah. I felt kind of, it's a wash. Yeah, that's so fair. Okay. my review, Mark's official score, 7.5 Little Sebastians. Alan, rock that scuba. <clears throat> I can't wait to hear what you have to hear. What say? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, yeah, whatever it takes. Bob. I'm ready to, yeah, I'm yeah. done. So, hey, Mark, uh, thank what? you for the scuba. Oh. Uh, nice job on your breakdown over there. <laughs> You know, if I'll remind our viewers at home too that last week I, I gave it, I think, was it unofficially a nine. Like I, I remember, I was waffling between the eight and a half and a nine. I you, think we were like a whole re, point and a half. You like different. hedged your bets like crazy. Like well, you said, like I, actually, to be fair to you, yeah. what you said is that a lot of times we look at it as far as the hahas, how right. we felt about it versus technical, right? And based on the week and how we're feeling about it, we may go with how we're feeling sure. or the technical. And yeah. I think what you said is. How you feel about it, maybe an eight, but technically you appreciated how it was put together. So yeah. in that case, you gave it a nine. Yeah. I wasn't sure which one you had as your official. I think in the in the the record books, I want to record it as a nine. In the annals of history, it's in a nine. In the annals of history, and and that you're sticking with that, huh? That was inspired by this week um, because oh, I oh need dear. to draw a contrast. Oh dear, where you're not drawing much of a contrast, especially in terms of a score you're a between contrast. the two. <laughs> well, I'm going to draw a contrast to my score today. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So th this, that way that's done. Um, huh. All right. And you so, can see I'm, I'm, I'm taking a sip of delicious, delicious Arbucks coffee. Yes. Because how is Arbucks be coffee? It's wonderful because I'm waiting for that moment when you're going to give your score so I can do perhaps if necessary a spit tape. So you go. We'll see. I'm drinking coffee. Do you go ahead. <laughs> so mm. I loved everything you said about the conventions of the show and yeah. the, 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 the community and like kind of having that as your MVP. I, that, that's brilliant. Cause I struggled with an MVP is I feel like you did as well. I did. And I like your metaphor about the comfy shoe. Cause I think that fits. Mm. The problem is the comfy shoe stepped in a pile of dog poop this week. Mm. And, and that is the problem for me with this episode. Like I, so the a mm. story new slogan, right? Meh. Okay. Who cares? Uh, some chuckles. Nobody gives a crap about a slogan. Like it just, I, to hang your hat on that, it's just weak in the 
beginning. And I think that that worries me. Like where, what was you, what was the best you were ever going to achieve by making that the thing which, which you were going to sell the show? You know, I think they should have done, I think they should have made the a story and you kind of alluded to this a little bit, how you said it was like a story and a half. Yeah. I wish honestly that they had made the Grant Larson job thing. You're still my thunder buddy. And yeah, no, no, no. Keep going. Sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. No, I'm but but gonna... if they had made the slogan like, okay, this is a little yep. vehicle just to kind of get us to there. Yeah. But the point of it is it really made her think about her future. Absolutely. I could get behind that. Yeah, me too. And, and I think that's what I tried to do here was, okay, like I didn't like it, but what would I have done differently? Because I always challenge myself with that because it's it's really easy just to get all over somebody's writing, right? Constantine, did you get that? He got it. So the beeps uh, yeah, cost us so much. This is why we don't have a good la- pixelation. Last week's episode was like $18,000. It was a beeps. lot. It was a lot. So, um, so only one this week. So that's not too bad. Okay. <laughs> we, we had a smaller God. budget this week. Um, we lost several advertisers, I think. <laughs> I think that's what we have advertisers? That's no. insane. No, we don't. Actually, that's part of our problem. Mm. Um, so I'm, I might ask myself, hey, self, mm. uh, if you're going to criticize this, come up with a way to make it better. And sometimes they just can't. Mm. Here, that was what I came up with. I'm like, take this thing I called a D story, put hang, hang your hat on it. And, and then dial down the whole slogan thing and make it the afterthought of the A story, not the inverse, which is what they did. Yeah, I would agree with Just that. Just my opinion. Yeah. Um, the search for Tom's Bistro. Eh, could have been funnier. Um, I thought there was a good to see some April and Donna screen time. Um, I, I didn't love the convention of it, though, like you. I thought it was kind of a cheap uh, way of getting a story, you know. Let, let's let's have them foil him and to keep him. And it I almost felt like contrived. I don't know. And I don't mean this with disrespect because I do like, I, I do I, like I, this, we should ask Chris. I do like this show. Right front. I do like the show, the Goldbergs, but yeah, but in my opinion, yeah, during I the end of the I, show, yeah. it was like, here goes the mom. She's probably going to overstep. And then at the end of the show, she goes, I overstepped. I'm sorry. And it got so painful just to I watch that, that over and over. I love those, the, that show. And, and I, I had the same complaint. Mm. Yeah, I feel like brilliant actors, but they are brilliant actors, yeah. and I feel like that's a little bit maybe what happened here. Like Donna and, and April went, yeah. we don't want Tom to leave. We better sabotage his search. And oh, I'll tell you what, I guess we shouldn't. We're we're just not used to that on this show, and I <laughs> well, think that's why it stands we're out. We're used to a better tier of quality. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and again, I'm not trying to pick on anyone specific. Oh it's God, not no. a writer. It's a writer's room, right? So yeah. Yep. So it it goes out in equal. Cheers. Yes. And again, sometimes, and you've heard me say this before, I'll give them credit for dialing it down to be part of a ramp towards something greater. I feel like we've flatlined here and we're going to flatline. I have spoiler alert for a couple more weeks. Um, Mm. That's just where we were at this point in the season six, unfortunately. And, you know, we talked a lot early season six about how we liked it. And it was getting up there with some of the season threes and season fours. It started really strong. It started strong. That I'm going to stop there and just not reserve comments for later because I may change my mind. Um, <laughs> back to the storylines. All right. right. Uh, I called this storyline Unity and Jazz, which made me laugh. Um, I, I felt like it was a little too earnest for me. Um, and like, I, I love Pratt and what he can do sometimes, but like something just didn't work between him and, and Nick this week. And I don't know why. Like, I just felt like, even what should have been funny was kind of like this earnest seriousness that I don't know, just, it didn't, it didn't hit the target for me. 
Um, and I'm not sure what I would have done different on these, but I just said it could have been funnier. I would have liked to have found that. And I think part of you kind of said it. If you've got the A story, A and D story, with that much screen time, yeah. and you're you know giving crazy iron the douche, you know half the episode, yeah. Okay, you're not giving you know these these folks a lot of time to do more with their storyline where it could have been more in balance. Yeah. And so what we get instead is something a little bit flat. And I felt like that was true on the B story and the C story for sure. I think for what it's worth, I like to count the scenes. I mean, this is just my own. I know you do this. I love this actually. Yeah. And I I found that the B story and C story each had five scenes. That's it. Because there were like thirty four scenes. The 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 A story had thirteen uh, scenes. Okay, maybe it's twenty four scenes then. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. No, I thought in my head it was thirty four. But okay. So, but again, that's basically twenty five, twenty five, fifty, right? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's mean, not a lot there. There's not a lot there. Um, I just said this week there were way like again comparing and contrasting this week to last week specifically. Way fewer LOL moments, right? There were a couple, and there was a couple brilliant ones, but like two. Some weeks we'll get ten brilliant ones in a okay episode which saved the episode and kind of bring it back up to an eight eight and a half maybe even a nine consideration we did not have that life preserver today for sure yeah um that's kind of what i was referring to yeah. by the spiky high lows versus the yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Right? this was a straight line of meh um <laughs> <laughs> i just said my version of everything else just said was it was all over the place and did not stay in any one place other than the a story long enough to satisfy. And I think those, that comment was largely about the B and C story, mm. even though they gave this, the A story more screen time, I still felt the same way about it. Yeah. And here's the last thing I'll say. The last four minutes of this episode are actually pretty good. I agree. If you watch from minute 17 on, I like the episode. I don't know what they were doing for the first 17 minutes though. Just and neither did they. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this is maybe the harshest I've ever come down on an episode, but and I, I don't mean it that way because there, there were some funny things. The sign facing the wrong way. Jesus, that's brilliant. Um, you know, the load bearing T-Rex, which we've beaten to death now. Um, I like the kicker and the fact that, you know, it was a humorous way for Ben to be supportive of Leslie, but make a funny joke, too. I thought they did a nice job with that. I actually like that they brought back Councilman Hauser and said, Leslie, nope, uh, once again, yeah. it, you know, benefits the town. I thought yeah. that's that's classy. And, and he's such a great character. I wish they'd yeah. given him more screen time in general. Yeah. And so it was nice to see Jan's back this week. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, last two things. Mm. Well, last thing, I've already talked about the poopy shoe. Mm. Um, why vote? If the whole goal of this was to have the online poll and they gave them five choices and a write-in, why does the town even need to get together the vote? Yeah. So I actually had a premise problem, which yeah, I on a sitcom, shame on me for even having one, but... All right, just add it to the list. Because because let's take let's take Ben at face value. Yeah. If the website would do all the work for you, why, when does why a city manager build doing, a website? Why are we then doing the work? Yes. Of having everyone vote at a public yes. forum, one or the other. I would have it would have made sense to me if they had said, "This sucks. Yeah. Let's forget the online yeah. thing and let's do it manually." But they never really said that. And the reason I wrote this down specifically was it tied in with that last four minutes comment where I'm like, "Hey." Let's move the town forum, which I like here in the last four minutes, the very last thought of this show. Let's move it up front and do things a little bit differently. Yeah. And then maybe have Leslie find a way to overturn the vote or something. Right. Like just something that would have been a little more realistic. 
Still Leslie being crazy. I'm good with that. Not this Leslie, but the Leslie we like sometimes, most right. of the time. Uh, but yeah, this was the the other Leslie rearing her head a bit. So seven and a half little Sebastians. So wow. you and I gave it the same score. We came to it different ways. Hmm. And I feel like there's a huge difference in the score between this week and last week. And I've said, I've said why now. Hmm. And it comes down to writing. I felt like last week was an exercise in brilliant writing. And this week was an exercise in let's get the episode turned in and move on to next week's episode. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I know that you and I disagreed probably our biggest gap last week. I mean, for me, last week was not great, but if it I, goes down as a nine, it's our biggest gap ever. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I, I get what you're saying, and in a lot of ways, even if I score these both seven and a halves, I think there's a lot more that bothered me about this one than last week. Although last week I wasn't real pleased with, but I no, get you what weren't. you're saying. But I know you came around to my point of view by the end, so <laughs> 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 which we have a way of doing to each other, I suppose. Right. But yeah. Right. But again, I, I, again. I love Parks and Recreation. Don't get me wrong. Me too. I did not enjoy this episode. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed parts. I'm like, I'm like Ron when he said goodbye to Anne. I have enjoyed parts of our time together. Brilliant. <laughs> that, that is a great metaphor for how I thought about this episode. That and breakfast food fixes everything. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. I had some today. So mm. it, Waffles. You mentioned that. It, I did. Mm. Mini waffles, which are even better. Oh. Yeah. A disappointing sugar-free syrup on them. But, you know, mm. th that's for next week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> when we're back to talk about 6.17, Galentine's Day. That sounds familiar. What? We've done that, haven't we? Nope. Not technically. There's never been an episode titled Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day has been the focus of two different episodes over two different seasons. Huh. But, I guess you're right. Yeah. So we'll have to see what that's all about. Yeah. I think somebody may be back. Mm. we'll have to see i hope so dot dot dot. Oh, dot 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 yeah well thanks for listening everybody this week we really appreciate it please go out on apple Podcasts and rate and review us we would really appreciate it if you take the time to do that and we look forward to seeing you next time all right bye everyone bye everyone live from pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators copyright 2020 all rights reserved original music was created and performed by aaron emerson of emerson studios Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.